This is Cammie. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 14. And we're going to be talking all about content. You got to have it, baby. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? In last week's episode, we interviewed the amazing Dory Clark. She is the author of a brand new book, Entrepreneurial You. Did you get her book? Because I tell you what, I can't put it down. It's so good. I'm getting great new ideas for my business. What about you, Cami? I downloaded it immediately onto my Kindle. And I actually am going through her Entrepreneurial You 17 pages or something of questions. I've been working through her worksheets. I'm so excited. I've been reading some of the book too, between like all the million other things I've done this weekend. But I've got to tell you, I love this book and I love Dory. She is so smart. She's so smart. She really is. So if you guys have not heard our interview with Dory, go back to episode number 13. It's the one right before this. And be sure to check her out. Go to Amazon and get her book. You will not be sorry. And you can also get a lot of information about Dory through her website. She has an amazing blog. Lots and lots of information. That's doryclark.com. Do it. Definitely do it. (laughs) So that brings us to what we're actually talking about today, which is content. And we're going to be doing a little series, a mini series, if you will, of podcasts about how to start to create and deliver content to your community. And the first one we're going to talk about today, which is four places that you can host your content for your community. I'm really excited to jump right into this one, Madeline, aren't you? Oh, yeah, this is going to be so great. And the second thing we're going to talk about is the seven different kinds of content that we've seen out there that are doing really well. Now, this is not all encompassing. There are other places to host your stuff. There are definitely other places, other types of content that you can put together. So we're going to start with the four places to host. Do you want to kind of roll us out with the first one? Sure, sure. So we're going to look at closed Facebook groups and pages. You know, Facebook is such a great platform for this. You know, Cami, I've been using Facebook forever to put out content and I love the ability to use groups and having a closed group, you know, like you may not want it to be fully public. So what's been your experience with using Facebook groups like this? Well, we definitely have used it for Texas Travel Talk. It is our way specifically of connecting with the bloggers and the influencers that are a part of that community. We have had specific professional development that we've put onto that platform every month using some tools that we can talk about here in a minute. But one of our, really the main thing that we're, we're working on is connecting as community and moving everybody forward. So we look for the different kinds of topics that everybody wants to talk about. And you can just live stream directly into a Facebook group. You don't have to have any special equipment really, but we use some equipment to get, get guests into that group. So the one that I use is Blue Jeans, and I know that you use BeLive a lot for your streaming on Facebook. What's great about these tools is that you can stream into a closed group with them. And why that's important is because say you want to have a guest in your group that isn't a member of the group, 
you can use that tool and let them come in, talk to your audience, but they don't have to become a member or join. So that's a really great way to get high level speakers into your small closed groups without having to worry about, you know, all the, all the red tape and stuff of getting them in and out. I love that. And, uh, you know, Blue Jeans and Be Live, and there are other platforms that, you know, Zoom does this as well. These are great. Crowdcast is another one that comes to mind. It's so great to be able to have the ability to live stream into your community to bring guests. You know, back before we had this ability, I would bring a guest into my Go Girls community, our private community, and I had to make sure I put that guest into, which I wasn't very comfortable doing. I didn't really want them. This is a private community of female musicians. And to bring one of my industry colleagues, who's a guy into this, I think it was a little awkward for everybody. And so I love that as Facebook groups have evolved, that doing something as simple as, okay, I want to bring this person in as an interview on video they don't have to be invited into the group. We're just bringing them, we're, we're piping them in, you know, like the old days, piping them in through satellite. So, you know, I love how the evolution of all this, Cammie. It, and, you know, when we talk about this topic a year from now, it'll probably be a little bit different because of the evolution of the technology. Definitely, it will be. And I love that, that it keeps changing. Another one is really an email list that goes to a webinar software, which is an older version of things, but it still works really great. So can you talk a little bit about what you've used in the past? Sure. Uh, Webinars are a great way to connect with an audience. I still do webinars all the time. It is starting to become a little bit of an old school thing. People are really pushing over to the live streaming, but there are some great webinar softwares out there. I do recommend using this as a way to get your content out. It's a great way to get new members into your community and to build your email list. There's Webinar Jam, there's GoToWebinar, Zoom, EasyWebinar, and Webinar Ninjas. Those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. I use GoToWebinar and there's also GoToMeeting is a lower cost version of GoToWebinar. And there may be this misconception that you have to pay more and you have to use GoToWebinar if you want to use that software program. But I've actually used GoToMeeting, which you can have up to 25 people. But if you're not anticipating or you want to keep it smaller like a mastermind, you don't have to pay the high fees of a GoToWebinar. You could actually use GoToMeeting. The only drawback is, is that they don't really integrate it with very many other platforms. So, you know, like if you had lead pages and you have GoToWebinar, those integrate together so that it's seamless. You don't have to do any manual work. It's all automated, but it doesn't, Lead Pages does not integrate with GoToMeeting. And so you have to look at little things like this. How much do you want to automate this? I've been using Zoom lately. And I tell you what, Kimi, I am loving Zoom. It's a great platform. It's a lot lower in cost, but does the same thing. Have you been using any of these? I actually don't use any of these so much because I do have blue jeans and blue jeans does allow me to have up to 25 people on the back end as well. So, and it also lets me show my screen again. It doesn't connect with any online tools like uh, lead pages, which is kind of bad because I have lead pages. So those kinds of things are futuristic things that we need to think about. But if you are just starting out, you do not have to have the most expensive tool and blue jeans right now, I think is 
pretty cheap. They just lowered their costs. So I forget what it is per month. You just looked at that. So you may remember, but if, um, if you're looking for a low cost, yeah, blue jeans has lowered their costs. Zoom is very affordable, but also the thing I always tell everybody, Cami, experiment. You may fall in love with GoToWebinar and it's like one of the most expensive ones, but they all have free trials. So you can sign up, give it a try, see what you think. It's all about that back end, you know, and they're all different. Going from GoToWebinar and GoToMeeting over to Zoom is like, oh, wow, this is different, but it is kind of the same. It looks a little different, but it's all the same features. And it was a very quick and easy transition for me. And I like saving the money. I mean, Kimi, I I was looking at all my expenses at the beginning of the year and a lot of these programs, they add up and it's like, what can I do to to cut costs, save a little bit of money? And going from GoToWebinar is normally $99 a month and I actually had this special deal that was $75 a month and I kept it so I could keep it at the $75, which was a great deal. But you know, $99 or even $75, that's a lot every month. So if you're not using it regularly, and I wasn't always consistently using it, so it's like, you know, should I really keep this? And I started looking at the others in Zoom. I did the free trial and fell in love with that. And it's like half the cost. Yeah. So you have to look at your own pocketbook and definitely continue to look at these tools because they are evolving and so are the pricing. So the other one, the third place to host is really open live streams, not, not closed, like where people can come just see you doing your thing. And there's three places that really you can do that now. And, and there's probably more, but these are the three that I've used. And those are Facebook pages and profiles, like your own personal profile or a page, Periscope slash Twitter, which I've used almost every month for the social media breakfast and on both of those. And then YouTube is also a great place where you can live stream and actually deliver content. I think that people forget about YouTube because, you know, unless you're in that world, you don't think about it as being such a great thing, but they do have a live streaming option. So live streams and open live streams are a really great way to deliver content for people, especially since it gives you that real feel, you know, with people in the room talking to each other. It gets really exciting, I think, for the people who are watching too. Yeah, absolutely. I've been hosting a live stream every single week after my Twitter chat since the beginning of the year. So I have utilized my Facebook profile versus my page because, you know, with the personal profile, like I'm at the 5,000 limit for friends, Facebook friends. And because I have so many people over there following me, I feel like I get better traction and better engagement versus doing it on my Facebook page. Because as you know, Facebook wants us to pay to play. So every week I do my live stream over there and people love it, Kimmy, because we go from a Twitter chat, which feels a lot like texting and you don't see the person. And then I take the guests and we go, and you've been a guest on my social ROI chat when I've done this. And we go over and go from one platform to a completely separate platform and people get to see us on video and people love that. So I highly recommend trying out live streaming on these open ones, Facebook, whether it's your personal profile or your page. And just a little tip, if you want to play around with this and get comfortable, when you live stream, you can set it up so only you see it, that it's not public. You get these options that it can be public. It can be just for your friends. It can be, it'll say only me. So it can be just for you. It's not public until you get comfortable doing it. Periscope and Twitter. And and it's funny how you said Periscope slash Twitter. If you go into Twitter to compose a tweet and there's a live button and you hit live, you are now live streaming through your Twitter, 
but it's also going to your Periscope if you have a Periscope account. If you do not have a Periscope account, it's just strictly through the Twitter. But that is a great way. And Cami, I love how you do that with the social media breakfast each week. You're giving people an opportunity to come watch you live. Even though you do it on Facebook, it's interesting that people on Facebook and people on Twitter through Periscope are two completely separate groups of people, separate audiences. So it never hurts to do both. And then YouTube, of course, is great. We don't think about YouTube. We think of Google Plus Hangouts, which in my understanding is the YouTube Live is basically just a new iteration of Google Plus Hangouts. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Do you know? That's totally right. In fact, I used to do social media breakfast with Google Plus Hangouts. And that when that was depreciated or went away, as they call it, they moved everything over to YouTube Live. And I just went ahead and at that moment switched to Facebook Live and Twitter Live for that reason. So I think that I like that idea to stream on more than one platform if you can, you know, at one time. That's really cool if you can make it work technically. It's not simple. It does eat up your bandwidth. But I will tell you, once I started streaming on both Twitter and Facebook at the same time, it more than doubled the audience that we had for Social Media Breakfast. I mean, we we get well over a thousand people really on each platform, most months on each platform, we have more than a thousand people that watch it. That's so. amazing. And you know, Mike Stelzner, social media examiner, they do their big weekly social media talk show and they broadcast it everywhere. It used to be, it was just, it was Blab back in the day. It was, it was Blab. Oh, yeah. Blab. And then when Blab went away, he switched to Crowdcast. And with Crowdcast, that's one platform. And there's a chat room and he makes that the main one that they focus on, but they simulcast it. And so you can watch on Facebook, you can watch it through Periscope and Twitter, you can watch it through YouTube. They cover the bases. And I think that's so interesting, Cami, because they've invited me on several times to come on and talk about Twitter. And I'm always amazed to go back and look at the different platforms and like Facebook at times have gotten up to like five or 6,000 people viewing it, which is mind blowing, but they try to really get people on Crowdcast, which, you know, will get thousands of people. And you just go look at these and it's like, okay, what if they just had done the one? They're missing out opportunity to catch people over on these other platforms. And even if it's just 50 people or even 25 people, I always say, well, that's 25 more than what you would have had. So I think it's great to simulcast and find how to use the technology to work in your favor is what I would yeah. do. That's what I recommend. No, I totally do. And, and it, it does take a little getting used to because you have to address all your audiences. And in fact, it's kind of interesting because I had somebody come up to me after the social media breakfast last month, then I'll remain, he'll remain unnamed, but he's a, he's a videographer. And he said, you know, I just want to tell you that I'm really impressed by how you address each of your audiences. So one of the things I will say is that if you do decide to do this, you do need to make sure that you're like addressing each audience and letting them know that you see them, that, you know, you hear them. And I'll often say, you know, stop the room and say, no, I'm going to repeat this question for the internet, you know? And so, and even in the live version, the people in the live version know that I'm talking to other people as well. So I think that's really important to kind of keep in mind that, you know, you can do this really great live streaming, but do remember that you're going to have to address the different people. And it does help to have somebody help you with that, especially with the online parts. Because one of the things that I think I could do better and probably should do better is get some volunteers at the social media breakfast 
to be on those platforms answering questions as they come up on the various platforms. So, you know, we live, we learn. There's a lot that you can do with this though. And I think that understanding all these different platforms and at least considering them, right, as something that you might use for your audience is really important. So one of the things that I want to know from our listeners is which one of these appeal to you most? So our fourth and final place to host are course platforms. And there's so many now. It seems like there's a brand new one every day. Now, the popular ones are Thinkific, Teachable, Kajabi. There's Ambition, Ali.com. Uh, so many of these platforms. I use Thinkific. I love Thinkific. What about you, Kimmy? What are you using? Well, you know that I use Thinkific because I think I was the one who said you had to use Thinkific. So I love Thinkific. I did look at Kajabi when it first launched. It just seemed a little expensive for me. I just felt like it wasn't for me at the time. Teachable is one that I know a lot of people love and use. So we put it on the list. And Ambition Alley is another one I've been looking at. What I like about Ambition Alley is that it is actually a WordPress plugin. So if you want to like control your own content, you don't want to go off on another site. You want it to be all in your site. That might be the way to go. And they have a really nice plugin that doesn't take a lot of tech help to put it together. Also, it gives you a little more control over your um, look and feel. And and I love their actual classroom platform. It really moves you through and they've got some great, great things that you can add to it. So it's got all the bells and whistles, you know, that you could imagine. So I do like that. But Thinkific is awesome because it does everything, including like the cart, everything. You know, it has the money part handled. It has, it's sort of an all-in-one sort of box, you know? So I like that because I really don't have time to be messing around with all the tech. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I'm not afraid of tech, but, you know, the time that it takes is sometimes a little bit overwhelming, right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. That is why I like Thinkific. It is an all-in-one, it's simple and easy to use. Again, I go back to experiment, try these, see what you like. Thinkific and Teachable are very, very similar. They're very, very popular. I chose Thinkific because I just really like the features. I did try them both out and Thinkific won for me. These are great ways and places to do your courses. Back in the old days, what you did is you created your course, you put it on your website and you password protected it. And there was some tech involved and it was actually pricey. But now it is so easy. You can sign up for these. You can pay monthly. You can pay annually. And, it, and it's just drag and drop your stuff. Like right now I have a Twitter course and I'm creating videos. I drop them in. I can have a page of information of content, just put it in there. I also have a free mini class that I just very quickly can be put together and you can have courses that are free. You can make them hidden where you can only access it with a link. You actually get a lot of control. It's not just, oh, you put together live courses. You can actually have them private. So, so much flexibility, free. You can charge a fee. You can actually make it where they can do payments. I love it. So, I definitely recommend checking this out. Yeah. So, that brings us to the end of this episode. There's a lot here, but what I'd like to do is just really encourage people that are listening to take action because we always are about action, aren't we? Yes. We love action takers. So why don't you tell them what our action is for them this week? Well, we would love for you to tweet us at Madeline Sklar and at Kimmy Chat and also visit our Facebook page, search for Communities That Convert and tell us which of these platforms appeal to you. Go try them out. Do the free trial. Let us know what you like, what works for the thing you want to do with putting out your content. 
And we're so excited that in the next episode, we're going to continue down this path. We're going to talk about seven types of content to deliver. So we're kind of going to dig in a little bit deeper here. And then we also coming up, have an interview with the awesome Kirsten Oliphant. I cannot wait for that cami. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I know. And we have, and I don't know if you know that we have a drinking game for Kirsten Oliphant for as many times as we've um, mentioned her in the podcast since we started, because we really admire what she's doing with her community. So we're really excited to dig into the exact things that she's doing that make those communities so successful. Absolutely. So we'll see you back here next week. We enjoy you being here with us every week on this journey. And if you have not done so already, please do a rating and review in iTunes. It really helps people discover us. And you know, we will just love you forever. Right, Cameron? Right. Yes, we will love you forever. And the other thing that we want you to do is sign up for our email list so that we can let you know when these episodes are coming out and remind you, because I know I'm busy too. So if you haven't signed up for the actual podcast on iTunes, which please do, but if you don't do that kind of thing and you'd prefer to listen to it online or other places, we would like to be able to tell you that. And as a result of that, we would also like to put you into our own new community that we've launched for communities that convert. And as soon as you get that email in, we'll send you an email telling you our secret passcode for entering our community. And we would love to see you there. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is Madeline. And I want to let you know, you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Music